What's up, everyone? This is Adam Mades from DNVR, excited to talk to you about American financing. Everyday bills are high, and everything is still very expensive, which is why, if you own a home, I want you to call our friends at American Financing. Interest rates are lower than they've been in a long time. They're saving their customers, on average, $854 a month by tapping into their home's equity and wiping out high-interest credit card debt. Their salary-based mortgage consultants are in it for you. Their job is to save you money. Call American Financing and tell them DNVR sent you today, and you may be able to delay two mortgage payments. That's 303-695-7000, 303-695-7000, or go to AmericanFinancing.net slash DNVR. Ah, mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. All right, guys, you know how much we love you, but you've been letting our friends down at Strava Craft Coffee. But they said, hey, you know what? We're taking the onus on us. We got to give the people a better deal. So they threw out a 25% off code. DNVR25 is how you're going to get 25% off your first purchase from Strava Craft Coffee. And you're going to love this stuff. It's CBD infused. It's rich. It's tasty. And it's helped people with so many different ailments. So check it out. Use that code DNVR25 to get 25% off. And then when you realize how much you love it, you're going to sign up for a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. They'll send it straight to your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks. You won't have to enter your card. You won't have to think about anything, and you'll continue getting 20% off every single order from Strava Craft Coffee. So make sure you check it out, StravaCraftCoffee.com. We are DNVR, and we are live from Studio Beast here at DNVR. The B stands for Big Day for Bridgewater. We'll talk all about that here in a second, Zach and I. But first, I got to let you know that this show is presented by MSU Denver Online. Check them out, msudenver.edu slash online today to scope out all they have to offer. And uh, you should know that they have 45-plus online and hybrid programs and 750 total classes. So if you're looking to further your education, there's no better place to go than MSU Denver online. And also, MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other college institution. So make sure you check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, what is up? That's my first my boy of training camp officially mm. underway and man, I was out there again today. It uh, training camp feels really good this year. I, I don't know why, but but the energy, not necessarily with the players, but it's just a good vibe right now. Good vibes. I mean, um, a little bit better attendance today or worse? 
Probably under a thousand. Okay, all right. <laughs> more people tuning in now than we're watching. In well, person. that's fine with us. Um, <laughs> all right, Zach. Uh, I'm honestly not going to beat around the bush at all here. What What do people want to hear about? They want to hear about the quarterbacks. Let's tell them about the quarterbacks. Well, Ryan, do you know how many incompletions Teddy Bridgewater had yesterday? One. One, which I didn't realize until I looked at my notes. Just I knew he was accurate and on point, but I didn't realize he had one. You know how many he had today? One. One. He followed up a one incompletion performance with another one incompletion performance. And yesterday, that incompletion was a pass that we talked about a lot where yep. it was it hit the hand of Tyree Cleveland. I know Mace really thought he should have caught it. I thought it would have been a pretty tough catch. Uh, but, you know, it still hit a receiver. Today, his incompletion was to Royce Freeman, and Royce just turned up field before he, uh, caught, before he caught it. So that was entirely on him. Teddy, honestly, should have been perfect. We shouldn't be talking about a near-perfect day. We should be talking about a perfect day. But it was similar to yesterday, where Bridgewater, uh, it, yesterday he looked deep that first pass and then didn't look deep the rest of practice. He didn't look deep. He didn't take that big shot the entire practice, but he was he was hitting everything. Five, seven, checkdowns, 10. He hit a couple 20-yard passes, and then he did score some touchdowns when they got into the goal line, and that's also when Drew Locke started to pick up. So now we got to talk about Drew Locke's day. And Drew Locke, honestly, couldn't have had a slower start. And now I'm really going to focus on the team period stuff since earlier this week Vic Fangio said that matters more, and we know that that matters more oh, yeah. as well. But training camp practice started at 9.15. At 10 o'clock is when team drills started. At 10.50, Drew Locke still didn't have a completion. At 11 is when he started getting his first completions on the day. And this is after 10 dropbacks. He's finally getting his first completion. And now it's not all his fault. Uh, there were no balls that were dropped in, in those 10. But the rush was was pretty brutal on both quarterbacks today. The offensive line was getting blown up. Vic Fangio was sprinkling in uh, some dirty blitzes. Justin <laughs> Sternod got in uh, on one of them. That was Drew's first drop back, and there was just nothing he could do. And then what we saw from Drew yesterday was he was holding on to the ball a little too long. He did that a couple of times as well and, and got sacked. Where you didn't see that as much from Teddy. But at the end of practice, in that goal line period, both quarterbacks were very good. Teddy Bridgewater had two pass attempts, two touchdowns. Drew Locke had a couple more. He ended up with two or three touchdowns. Just Tim Patrick caught the ball on the three-yard line, turned up field. I think he would have got tackled by Patrick Sertan. Everyone else thought I was crazy by that. So I'll give him a touchdown there. So Drew had three touchdowns. Patrick on Patrick crime. Exactly, yeah. I'm like, wait. You're saying Patrick would have gotten in or Patrick would have tackled him. <laughs> um, and, uh, but Drew did also have his last throw was an incompletion. Uh, it, he threw it into triple coverage. It would have been a near perfect uh, goal line period for him, but still overall a strong finish from him. So uh, this is interesting um, because our friend Benjamin Albright put out there that he thought it was a draw. Now Today? Yes. Now... Wow. I think he's the only one uh, who I saw with that, uh, I guess, takeaway from him. What he said, though, is, yes, of course, Teddy Bridgewater is being more efficient. That's because he's only looking five yards down the field. And I think that there's a case to be made for what he's saying. But what you said about Drew's slow start, I think, kind of negates that, right? If Drew was average to start and great to finish while looking down the field making some more splash plays and I think you could maybe make that case 
But it sounds like Drew's slow start just kind of put him so far in the hole. Meanwhile, Teddy's completing everything. It's hard to sell the Drew Locke performance today when, what, what did you say he started? 0 for he something? He started 0 for 10. Okay. Yeah. Or, or 0 for 10 on dropbacks. Drop back, he didn't right. have a completion. Zero as as 10 completions and 10 dropbacks, yeah. including a couple sacks. Yep. I don't think, I mean, again, you know, we, we talked about this a lot, but I don't think you can come, you can, like, when you're 0 for 10, the other guy's 9 of 10 or 10 of 10. I just yeah. don't think you can come back from that. And in terms of negative plays, Teddy did have one sack that was that was on him. He held the ball too long. Uh, but Drew had multiple of those today. So, Teddy, again, not perfect, but before the goal line period, significantly better. Not Peyton Manning throwing for 400 yards, and let's make that very clear, but when you think of Teddy Bridgewater throughout his career, you think of today, Ryan. I mean, I remember a couple of first halves last year in Carolina. I'm pretty sure Teddy Bridgewater had two first halves last year where he had a perfect passer rating, and he had like 90% completion and above. But, you know, you look at the box score, and it's like 111 passing yards at halftime, and his team is either tied or down or only up three or something. You don't expect that from a perfect passer rating quarterback. But that's what Teddy Bridgewater is, and that's what he's been both of these days, is above 90% completion, which is just insane. But, yes, most of them are going for three yards, four yards, seven yards. And what I will say, at least about today uh, from Teddy, was his short passes were decisive. They weren't necessarily check. They, they weren't checkdowns most of the time. Now he did have a couple of times where he did look to Melvin to in in a way to get out of an emergency. But most of the time, it's designed. So it seems it kind of seems like Pat Shermer when Teddy's in there says, "All right, I have to give Teddy an option where he can throw it right away because I know he likes that." Mm. So it, I'm not saying that he's not playing into Drew's strengths, but it seems initially that Pat Shermer knows what Teddy Bridgewater wants and is giving that to him. And then Teddy's taking it. Right. And I heard, uh, I believe it was Andy Lindahl on altitude earlier saying essentially like Teddy's getting the ball out fast, just dropping back, making a decision, letting it fly. And uh, to me, that almost seems like a veteran move. Um, It's a Trevor Simeon of training camp. right? Yes. Because, what are coaches looking for? They're looking for good decisions. They're looking for decisive decisions. They're looking for the ball getting out. They don't want to see sacks. And there's a there's a game to quarterback competitions. It's not simply just you're not in a there's no scoreboard right. except for on the DNVR.com. <laughs> yeah. But what I mean is you can't just say, well, I put up more touchdowns than the other guy. It's how does it look? How does it feel? Right. And to me, it sounds like Teddy Bridgewater knows a little bit more than Drew Locke about how, how to play a quarterback competition. Yeah, and now Drew Locke yesterday said he's a smarter player. And Vic Fangio agreed with him today. And I agree with him. He's not taking a ton of risks except for one time today. Literally yesterday, he didn't have any interceptions. He didn't have any interception throws that should have been picked. Today, he only had one, and it wasn't picked off. So, zero picks again from both for guys. Teddy and Drew. That's what Vic Fangio loves to see. And honestly, if you would say before training camp, okay, Drew is going to have one pass that could be intercepted in the first two practices, would you take a take? 
taking it and running with it because it's not even that we know it's an interception. It's just an interceptable pass. Would you have taken that one interceptable pass in the first two practices? hundred percent. Yeah. And that, and that's what he had and it didn't even get picked. Uh, Trey Marshall dropped it. It went right through his hands. It was a bullet that, that drew through. Now he shouldn't have thrown it, but he threw it too hard for it, for the defender to catch. Uh, so that in looking at my notes right now, Ryan, Drew did not have a completion in the team period until they got to goal line. So when they were playing from the 40-yard line, Drew didn't have a completion today. And so that's why Teddy won today significantly in my mind. And it wasn't because he was throwing touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. He didn't run away with it. It's just Drew struggled so much at first. And that's the last thing that you want to hear. Uh, We want the person who wins this quarterback competition for us to be saying, look, he just played so well that there was nothing we could do. You know, there was nothing the other guy could have done right. to stop him. Now, what I will say is if Teddy Bridgewater keeps having one incompletion a day, we might be saying that at the end yeah. of this is, you know, because when you think about this team and you think about when they struggle, a lot of it does have to do with sacks and penalties and that sort right. of thing. If Teddy Bridgewater is getting back there, looking if Jerry Judy's open on the slant, not seeing it and swinging it out to the flat, allowing Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon to make a play, it really might be the best thing for this offense. So, again, I think he's really smart about the way he's playing this. Take your shots when they're there, and if they're not, just keep making smart decisions. You just keep stacking that, and and you will pound it into the coach's minds that, okay, he's going to take the quick and smart decision. We talk about smart decisions a lot. Sometimes a smart decision is just throwing the ball out of bounds. But quick and smart decisions that are getting the ball up, just moving the ball at all, are going to beat scrambles that result in, you know, a a toss out of bounds every time. Ryan, yesterday in the quarterback scoreboard that I wrote, I wrote that Drew won the day, and it was very close, but I gave Drew the edge five and a half to four and a half in terms of points. And today I woke up and I said, okay, I I don't disagree with that. I think someone could say it it was even or something, but I, I said, I still like that. But if the rest of camp plays out that way, Teddy's going to be the starter, which is just such a weird thing after saying Drew won the day, but if Teddy plays that way, he's going to be the starter just because I fall back on Vic's the one making the decision. And what do we see yesterday? Now, again, Drew didn't have any any interceptions or big mistakes yesterday uh, outside of uh, holding the ball on for too long, but a five-yard pass that's completed every time is Vic loves that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's field goals and defense winning the game. Yep. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I just will say, like, if I could talk to Vic Fangio right now, I would say, like, just remember, the team moved the ball between the 20s last year. And they have for most of these five years. Right. And that's not what wins football games. What wins football games is putting it in the end zone, bar none. No matter how good your defense is, you're, you know, 12 points isn't going to get it done because you got in and you kicked four field goals. You have to punch the ball into the end zone. And I'm not saying that Drew is some maestro at getting the ball in the end zone, but he already has a higher, highest touchdowns in his career 
uh, than Teddy Bridgewater has in a much longer career when Drew Locke has one full season. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. And Ryan, speaking of punching the ball into the end zone, let's talk about that the, the goal line period that both of them had. And they both switched off two times, but I'm just going to lump it all into one. So on Drew's first play, this was from about the 10-yard line, uh, he scrambled. Now, it could have been a little more of a scramble than a sack, I think. So not necessarily a bad decision, especially when you're down there. We know the last thing that you do when you're in the goal goal line is just throw a ball up to throw a ball up. No, you scramble. Even if it's for two yards, you get down. So yep. not, not, not a bad decision. It could have been a sack close, but not terrible. The next play, he, he scrambles right because pressure was in his face right away. So he steps up and then scrambles to the right side and then finds Tim Patrick there, just dumps it off to him. Tim Patrick's wide open because Drew uh, evaded the pressure and, and moved the pocket, which, which was a great job uh, by, by Drew. Not a great pass because it didn't need to be. Like, not a wow pass because it didn't need to be a wow pass. So Drew used his mobility very good there. The next time that Drew's up, a very similar thing. He's rolling right on a bootleg and pressure's in his face. So then he actually starts sprinting pretty much all the way near the sideline. The defender comes up off of uh, off of Eric Saubert, comes off of him, and Drew just... Taps it, taps it right to him. Both of those plays, very good decision-making. And it shows that, Drew, when you're in the red zone, you don't need to just be rifling darts in there. Mm-hmm. You, you can do things with your legs to make it very easy. Uh, and so two, two for two right there. And then the, the last touchdown that he had, it was a play action, and he just got the ball off. I mean, it was, it was a shotgun play action. And then he threw it right in the flat to Tim Patrick. And Tim Patrick, like I said, I think he would have got tackled at the three, but still a positive play of, of, of yep. five or seven yards. Uh, and then Tim just turned it in, up into the end zone. And how about Teddy? Teddy, in that same play uh, or period, he had a uh, touchdown pass from the 10. It was just a quick slant to, uh, to 19, which was a touchdown. Then the next play was a design scramble. Which was uh, which was interesting. Teddy took off right away. It did not seem like there was any any threat like a, of like a, pass a quarterback there. sweep. Yeah, type of thing. Yeah, but kind of kind of even. Yeah, exactly. A quarterback sweep off the left side, uh, and then the final pass that he had, and only the second pass in this period, uh, he just threw a perfect fade ball to Tim Patrick. And if you want to see it, the Broncos actually put it up uh, on their Twitter where he put it where only Tim could get it, and Tim made a great catch. You know, over the shoulder, two feet inbounds in the right corner of the end zone. Love it. Oh, it looks like Allen oh, has yes, it for us. Let's look it. at it. Oh. Oh, got to bring it back. <laughs> there it is. All right, let's see it one more time. Teddy drops back, tosses it up right sideline. Oh, lovely. Who's that yep. in coverage there? Two, three. That's Fuller? Yep, exactly. Nice. So against, uh, against first-team defense. And now, Locke was going up against the first-team defense a little bit more before that goal line period than Drew, but it was like 60-40. They were both, going, they were both facing first-team and second-team guys. Hmm. And Teddy got the first rep today. Now, I don't think that's because of anything yesterday. I think it's because Vic knows we're watching that yes, and said course. Drew got it yesterday, Teddy's getting it today. But then it's interesting that Drew got more first-team reps. It almost feels like... And again, we are completely reading between the lines here, speculating that maybe the coaching staff felt like he won a, yesterday by a little bit. And we're saying like, here, go, you know, take a little bit more of that rope. And it didn't happen. Yeah, maybe we'll see what they do tomorrow where you'll be there as mm-hmm. well. And we'll have, thir- we'll have six eyes on the field tomorrow. 
Well, I'll have one on my phone. One <laughs> on the um, yeah, the, I'm, I'm excited to be there tomorrow. Um, hopefully get a little bit closer to real football. Do you know what the schedule is on that? Um, I think they may be putting on shells. Okay, yeah. See, I know practice, the sixth practice, which isn't until like midweek next week, is when they put on full pads. I'll never forget when uh, Carlos Henderson had a real slow start to camp. <laughs> and I talked to him and he was like, I just... I just got to get the pads on. I'm so much better with the pads on. And and then actually, the funny enough, when, when pads were on, he just wasn't there. Well, the pads were on. He <laughs> hit a football off his thumb and broke it and never played again. The very first play of preseason, right? Very opening kickoff of preseason. <laughs> wow. Drops the punt or drops the kickoff, breaks his thumb. So they say. I still <laughs> thought that might have been an attempt to redshirt him. And... Uh, Never, ne- I don't even. Did he ever practice again? No, I don't think so. No, because he literally left. No, was that the next year that well, he left? Yeah. Well, no. So he goes on IR for the whole year. Yeah. And then the next year he doesn't show up to camp. Yep. Remember? Yep. And yep. then he left. And then I think he actually did come back for like one practice. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. Remember we saw his car. Yeah. Like a sweet Corvette or something. Oh, <laughs> uh, I wish the best for him. I wish <laughs> the best for him. That was in between the off season where he got uh, pulled over and he. Tried to eat a bunch of weed. <sighs> Forgot about that. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, anything else on the quarterbacks? We'll get to the other guys here in a second. Th- those were the big things from the quarterbacks today. So Drew slightly won yesterday. Teddy, uh, a pretty dominant performance today. And I-, I think that pretty much any other media member, I guess outside of Benjamin Albright, because I was around those guys today, um, would say that that Drew pretty much lost today. And, and Teddy was just Teddy. Yeah, um, I saw Zach Bai said that, uh, Andy Lindahl said that, Mace said that. Um, so pretty much anyone whose take I saw uh, was in that was in that field as well. All right, um, speaking of Mace, we'll have Mace's quarterback scoreboard up a little bit later today. I uh, hope you read yesterday's from Zach. So incredibly detailed stuff that I really think you can only get on the dnvr.com. Um, and Mace... As detailed as Zach is, <laughs> might even be more detailed. Sure How many words be. were you at yesterday? Uh, I think it was 1350. I would put the over under on Mace at 1499. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. I'd take the over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, just incredible detail of the quarterback competition. Like I said, you can't get anywhere else. Um, you, you, you can't watch it. So you're, you know, you're relying on our eyes and we're trying to give you as much as we possibly can. Get that at the DNVR when you are a member at the DNVR. Also, we've got our grand opening 2.0 happening this Saturday at the bar. Uh, Zach and I will be doing a show from here during that. Um, there's going to be all sorts of prizes, giveaways, um, and lots of beers flown. So come by, and uh, if you're a member, you get 10 extra raffle tickets. Yes, and you get a member beer when you're a member. And, I mean, you might as well, if you come down here and you haven't had the RK special, isn't this the time to have your first one? Is Ooh, at yeah. the bar, grand opening 2.0. You'll be here. I mean, maybe you get a picture with Ryan while drinking an RK special. Or you can just have whatever Breckenridge beer you want. We're going to have so many awesome beers. And not just awesome beers and seltzers, but, Ryan, we're also going to be having some cool giveaways from Breckenridge Brewery because they are the best damn beer out there. So make sure to check them out wherever you are, whether you're able to make it down to the bar or not. Make sure to grab yourself uh, a 6 or 12-pack of Breckenridge beer. 
Absolutely. And of course, what goes better with being a DNVR member and drinking Breck Brews than placing some bets at DraftKings Sportsbook? This week, you can turn a dollar into $100 if an American medals uh, in any event. It just happens like every few minutes (laughs) an American medals in an event. So whenever you get in on that, you're going to win. Um, Take your free $100 when you become a member at DraftKings or when you become a user at DraftKings Sportsbook. I guess you'd be a member of the club. A DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, and also, you can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 when you use the code DNVR. For that, you must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. The deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Hey, Allie, would you bring up the comments for us just so we can look at those for a little while? Thank you. Uh, just, I just want to... I'm, I'm just missing... I just missed the people. I hadn't seen what they had to say <laughs> yeah. yet today. Mm, yeah, those are the important details. Um, not really any music um, because it's a Vic Fangio mm-hmm. practice, and so no music. Sun bright? No, it was actually tremendous today. It yes. was very nice weather for the Broncos, and uh, I didn't see Garrett Bowles drink water, but I did see him spray water all over himself. Nice. In kind of the the neck area, the oh, yes, bottom that's where neck the, area. That's where the temperature gauge of the body is. Is, is it actually? It, it so was like the back what, of the head he neck area. He knows what he's area. talking about? So, you, you know, you want to go down the back. <laughs> well, he's going the down cool. the front. Okay, well, you know, it's, uh, one step at a time. I here. guess he's got a belly. Maybe it's to cool the belly. Oh, interesting. I got to see if Quinn does that. Quinn's belly was showing a little bit today. Okay, is it becoming a, a distraction? <laughs> it is yet? not. It is not. <laughs> All right, good to hear. Uh, okay, let's move on to the rest of the team. Who impressed? Who didn't impress? What did you take away? Well, Ryan, I mean, like I said, the offensive line did not help Teddy or Drew out. Drew specifically, uh, these guys were just getting hit left and right if you could hit in practice, um, both of them having to take off or throw the ball really quick. And it was coming from everyone. It was coming from Shelby Harris. Shelby also had a, a batted ball today when Classic. asked about after practice. All he said was with a straight face, best hands in the league. Mm-hmm. It, just as you would expect. He also uh, screamed fear the deer into the mic many times, as you would expect. Like into, he was on the podium? Yep. Oh, geez. I feel bad for everyone who's watching (laughs) on the live stream. Yes, I'm sure it broke their ears. Um, And then a guy who I mentioned, Justin Sternod, Drew's very first drop back of practice. Vic sent a blitz from Sternod coming up the middle, and Sternod, Drew had no chance. I mean, Drew would have been on maybe his second step back of his drop back and would have been clobbered. It could have easily been a fumble, and then uh, you, you had other guys there, too. It wasn't just Sternod getting through. It was just the offensive line getting destroyed, uh, especially by the second-team defense was uh, what was was interesting as well. You had McTelvin Ajim get in there uh, th- during the day. You had Jonathan Harrison or Harris mm-hmm. blowing things up. I mean, th- this, was, this wasn't led by Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. That's interesting. Was it a blitz-heavy day, or was it just that one? He was sprinkling them in. I wouldn't call it blitz-heavy, but I would say he was sprinkling it in, and the defensive line was was doing a great job. And speaking of the defensive line, a lot of dime being played. I know we touched on it yesterday, but that means only two defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And so you saw Draymond Jones playing with the second-team defensive line 
a decent amount. Uh, maybe it's just to get him even more reps. He was still playing with the first team defense, but obviously Shelby's a staple there. And they're just rotating other guys in. So I'm not sure if that's going to be the case uh, throughout the entire season or how they're so going to do that. Who was down on the starting dime? You, you would you would have Draymond. Uh, he, he was there and Shelby. Okay, Draymond, Shelby... Bradley, or, or I guess Brad, is Bradley Malik going? Malik now. No, okay, he, yeah. he's not playing full. So Draymond Shelby, Malik Vaughn. Yep. And then all, two. All four cornerbacks, baby. All four corners. So that gets us to eight. Eight. Yep. And then who else is up there? Two safeties. You're, of course, right, starting right, right, safeties. Right. That leaves one more position for one inside linebacker. Uh, and yesterday and today, it was a healthy rotation okay, uh, right. uh, of Josie and Alexander I was say, That's Johnson. the one that yep. I don't. No. Yep. Is we pretty much, you know, you know, the six DBs are going to be, um, yep. we now know, you know, it's going to be, uh, Draymond and Shelby, which I mean, Draymond, Shelby, Vaughn, Chubb in dime is pretty nice. Whew. It just, I wonder who's going to get that green dot mm-hmm. on the helmet as the linebacker. Who'll probably be the one who stays out there. Yeah. You, you'd have to think so. Or you just give it to Justin. I mean, he's pretty much that guy for the defense. Anyways, fine with me, yeah. uh, it would be fine with me too. And that's just, that's my only concern and why, why I was happy to see Justin Sternod jump onto the scene today and have a big play was because I don't doubt Justin Sternod's talents, especially being a coverage linebacker and potentially a blitzer like he was today. I just think, how's he going to get on the field? And especially this year early on, I don't see them using Justin Sternod as that one linebacker right now unless he really gains Vic's trust. We know Vic really likes him. But can he gain the trust to jump Josie and Alexander Johnson? That's my biggest concern, just because what we've seen so far, and which is smart, is they are using all four cornerbacks. I mean, it, you, you got to have Vaughn and, and Chubb on the field. You got to have your two safeties on the field. And then to me, you got to have your four cornerbacks on the field. And that is so interesting, but I completely agree with you. And you almost have to use, um, I think it was actually Mace yesterday, who used the, the name Sua Cravens, as like a Patrick Sertan <laughs> position is like you almost have to use him as like a hybrid linebacker slot corner type of guy. And I think he has the best body for that. I'm a little worried about putting too much on his plate, just asking him to play like a, a super hybrid position. I mean, yeah. this, this defense to put the best 11 on the field almost has to invent a position for Pat Sertan, mm-hmm. which could be exciting, yep. but again, he's just used to playing outside corner going up against the number one wide receiver. Um, I think he's completely capable of doing it, but this is, again, I talked about this on Altitude this morning with uh, Brett Kane and Vic Lombardi. It was just like, this is Vic, Lom- or, this is Vic Fangio's test. Like, you have right. everything you could ever want. Now you got to go give this fan base and this organization, a top three defense. I don't think anything else will suffice. No, I completely agree. And it's got to be top three in every category, uh, not just running pass, but turnovers specifically and sacks. And when you get one of those, the other one's probably going to come as well. And we're seeing that about Patrick Sertan these first few days. When he's playing with the number one defense, Ryan, at times it looks like he's the middle linebacker because he's just lined up there kind of waiting for the offense to motion a guy out. And when they do, that's the guy he follows. Or he'll be like just over a tight end and then they'll swing KJ Hamler out and he'll just sprint right next to him uh, and, and try to keep up with him. And then when he's with the number two defense, 
He's just out there as a typical number one cornerback. So he, they're they're making him play and, and, and getting him used to the defense now, which tells me that he, he's absolutely going to have a massive role this year. Do you think this was a dream that Vic Fangio thought up before the draft saying like, oh man, what if we played a whole bunch of dime and we had Sertan as like this little like floating robber kind of guy um, throughout the middle of the defense? Or was this a, hey, this guy's so good, let's take him and Vic, you figure out how to use him. I think I think it was a dream before just because of, it reminds me of last year. Do you remember last year when Jerry Judy, the first day of camp was tearing it up and, and the second day of camp was tearing it up and he's with the twos? I mean, he, he's getting balls from Jeff Driscoll, and we're like, this guy's incredible, but what Who's the heck him, are yeah. you guys doing? Like, not playing? He, we know he was a first-round pick. They're not doing that BS with Patrick Sertan right mm. now. So it makes me think that, that that everyone loves him, including Vic, and, and it, it did come from before the draft. I love it. I really yeah. do. I, yeah. I think that that is... Way more exciting than, look, this is the safest guy. We're going with him. And Vic, you got to get him out there somehow. Right. Exactly. Because then you'd probably see, okay, uh, Kyle Fuller coming off the field to get a breather and Patrick Sertan's in there. And then it's just a, a typical nickel defense. But I really think from what Vic has shown so far that dime is going to be the new nickel. And what do we know about nickel is it's the new base package as of what, five years ago or something. Yeah. So, I mean, the Broncos could be the first team that really run dime more than anything else. And I I just like that. It's such a pass-heavy league. Now, you're going to be asking a lot of Von Miller and Bradley Chubb defending the run, but those are two of the best guys at defending the run from that position in the league. You should 100% feel comfortable with those two guys. Yep. And I guess Draymond, too, is the other one who right. really will have to step up uh, against the run. And who else needs to really step up? The offense. Mm-hmm. You need to put the other teams in passing positions. Yep. Who, who else on the offense stood out? Jerry Judy was the big name of yesterday. Did he follow that up today? Uh, he, he was solid. It wasn't another huge day like he had yesterday. Instead, it was another receiver, Tim Patrick. Mm. Touchdown, Tim. Now, he didn't do a crazy amount before we got to goal line, but in goal line, Ryan, I told you about, what, five touchdowns? Three of them were to Tim Patrick. And one of them, specifically that last one that we showed, was a beautiful catch on, on, on his route. And... You don't have Cortland Sutton playing too much right now. He did play yesterday, had a, had a bad ball from Drew. Today he played, had a couple of catches, just, you know, seven-yard routes. Um, but you, you don't have him fully in there. So you're going to have Cortland fully in there. But even with Cortland in there and Jerry in there, and I fully expect Jerry to be a Pro Bowl player this year, even with those guys, Tim Patrick is showing that you have to have him in there in the red zone. And so you're going to have Jerry... Portland, Noah Fant, you have to have Noah mm-hmm. Fant in the red zone. And Tim Patrick. So you're going to go, yeah, you're going to, you know, come out in three wide. Three wide. Oh, Jeff Legwald will love that. Yeah, well, <laughs> you better, uh, as we've been saying, though, you better be able to slide away from your left tackle if you're going in three wide. Exactly. And they f- appear to be comfortable doing that now. Yeah, they, they certainly do. And I did like a couple other things I saw today. K.J. Hamler got a lot of buzz yesterday. Didn't do as much today, but he was out there, okay. which was very good. And the Broncos made it clear that he was out there doing a little end around to him. Ooh. I absolutely <laughs> love seeing it. I mean, I get excited anytime I see something that's not like a standard <laughs> right, play. Right. But that's like, 
basically standard play at this point. Especially in the AFC West, right? Yes, yes. Um, Have you seen creativity from the play calling? It's it's very early, so I I won't knock them if you haven't. It it, it is early, and that was the only play today where it was creativity, and as you said, that's not crazy creativity. Um, I did, there was one practice in OTAs where I saw a lot of creativity. Formational creativity? Um, the, you know what? A decent amount of pre, pre-movement, okay. pre-snap movement, which is creativity, especially from what we saw last year where we didn't see any of that. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, th- there's a there's a lot of motion. And like I said, Patrick Sertan following guys back and forth. It's because there is that motion, and it's coming from receivers. It's coming out of the backfield. It's great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Javante Williams or any other rookies stand out today? Uh, Javante, he, he's taken a, a number two role to Melvin Gordon right now, which should be expected yep. for, for a running back, and especially when the other guy you have ahead of him is the fourth highest paid running back this year. So not a surprise there, not a concern at all. If in the last couple games of the preseason, we're still seeing that he's a clear number two, we're going to say, what's this about? Yeah. Is Melvin Gordon ready for 1,300 yards, or uh, did they maybe jump a little too early on Javante, but not concerned there. He looks good when, when he gets the ball, but Melvin definitely has a, has a grip on that right now. Anyone else? Uh, Quinn, Quinn Minerts, he, he got thrown around a I little bit today. I thought you were talking today. about Quinn Bailey. <laughs> yes. Well, he is, he is in the, in the uh, competition at in right tackle. Comp. Speaking of right tackle, Calvin Anderson, second straight day as the right tackle. Vic not only has said it, yeah, and, and he's been quiet. He hasn't been quiet about Calvin Anderson, uh, but now he's showing it with his actions. Yesterday, Vic said that they were going to rotate. I believe his words were, every single day, a new starting right tackle. Not today. It was the same right tackle today. If it's the same one tomorrow, then uh, I, maybe you just name Calvin Anderson the starter tomorrow. After a little bit tougher of a day from the offensive line, I would imagine they'd try someone else. But again, the pressure wasn't coming from outside. It wasn't Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. It was from inside. Vic loves an underdog. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he has fallen in love with Calvin Anderson a little bit. Now, again, yeah. that doesn't mean he's going to hand him the starting job. Right. But I think if he continues to play, he's going to keep giving him more and more and more and give him every opportunity to win this job. Calvin Anderson, you know... This is, I, I hate comparing my own football career to the NFL, but when I played football, there was always the guys on the team who were willing to go into the coach's office and say, what can I do for more playing time? What can I do right. to get that job? What can I do? And Calvin Anderson absolutely strikes me as the guy who would go knock on Vic Fangio's door every single day and say, what can I do better? What do you want from me? Yep. How do I earn more reps? How do I do that? And as much as like, I don't know. I remember like the kids who did that on my team got like, oh, your coach's pet sort of, you know, treatment. It worked. Yep. Because the coach told them and then they went and did it. Right. And and then they got more playing times. And he totally strikes me as a guy who would win over a coach by just saying, tell me what to do and I'll do it. Right. Yeah. And he's smart enough where he can do that and and he can flip it around in a day or certainly over the amount of time that he's had to grow. That would be another feather for Mike Munchak if he's able to do that. And another guy that loves him is Garrett Bowles. 
loves Calvin Anderson. He he calls him his little brother. Calvin Anderson lived with him last year. Wow. Maybe that would maybe not his wife, not not Garrett Bowles' wife doing drills with him in the uh, kitchen. Yes. Maybe it was actually Calvin Anderson. Absolutely. Okay. Anything else? Um. Yes. You had Caden Stearns have an interception off nice. Brett Ripon. You love seeing rookies first make one plays. of the of camp. For, yes. Yes. It, it was, and not off one of the top two quarterbacks, which you love to see. Caden Stearns just, I mean, read the play the entire time. When Brett threw it, I mean, it, it hit him in the chest. It, 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 was a, it was a great play by Caden Stearns. Um, and then after practice, I think you'd find this, you specifically find this very interesting. Melvin Gordon, very honest in his press conference, the very last question, just about the dynamic last year with Philip Lindsay. And he said, it did get in my head last year, the, the competition, which was, which was interesting for him to admit, especially a year later. And he said, not just the competition, but look, I knew the situation I was coming into. It was a, it was a weird situation because I, it was a Colorado kid. He said it was like me from Wisconsin being drafted by the Packers and just mm-hmm. how the media would embrace you and how the fans would embrace you. And I was here to, you know, take his job pretty much and take reps away from him. He said it was weird. Uh, and, uh, you know, he said, and, the Broncos, you know, they're trying to they they're bringing in competition for me with Javante Williams and didn't didn't mention anything about how that's weird. He just says that's how the NFL goes, but it was interesting that he admitted that. What did you we uh Mason, I didn't talk about this yesterday. What did you think of Teddy's uh jungle comment? <laughs> it was amazing. So good. It, it was amazing. And in fact, someone after practice was asked about Teddy and they said Teddy can be goofy. He can be so funny. He can be laid back. He he can be, uh, you know, that was anyone. Melvin. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was Melvin. He said, but the one thing that Teddy always is is he's always confident, mm. and that's important in these quarterbacks, especially when a guy's just throwing five or seven yards. You may say, is he not confident in himself? No, that's just who he is, and he's confident in who he is. So he's not going to change that. I really think like Drew has to be himself. But I really do think he could maybe learn a little something from the way that Teddy's approaching this. Don't don't make mistakes and do, you know, some, some uh, subscriber is going to tell you you can. You can't go broke making a profit. <laughs> right. Move the ball forward mm. and the coaches aren't going to be thinking, oh, you didn't move it enough. When the other guy is having, you know, to throw the ball away or throwing incompletions. Drew had the flash plays that we wanted to see yesterday. The way more flash plays than Teddy had yesterday. And I woke up this morning, like I said, and said, if Teddy plays this way, he's going to win because that exact thing. You can't go broke if you're making a profit, especially with a defensive-minded head coach. And it's what Trevor Simeon did, too, when he won that competition was it, it's almost – like uh like a a tennis player right just saying like i I, i'm gonna wait for you to make the mistake right 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 i'll hit it right back to you i'll just keep hitting it right back to you and eventually you're gonna try something that's gonna screw you up or even when you like play a buddy who's good in ping pong right he just knows eventually (laughs) you're hitting it off the table yeah and trevor yeah (laughs) trevor was very good about that now it's not exciting and it doesn't leave anyone with a good taste in their mouth but if your goal is to win a quarterback job you're not worried about what the fans think or, or what the media thinks that's watching. You're worried about how do I win this job? And I think that might be just what I've heard from the first two days, the strategy that Teddy's employing. I'm going to let you hit the ball off the table. No, you're 100% right on that. And when it comes to Drew, like you said, he needs to be himself. He still needs to have those big plays. Didn't see any of those today outside of the goal line, which those aren't big plays. Those are just kind of 10-yard touchdown passes. Uh, he needs to be training camp Drew, though, where it just means – 
It's what he said yesterday. He needs to make calculated uh, gunslinger decisions. And he needs to take those shots when they're there and not make mistakes because from what we've seen from Teddy, I mean, I don't know what's going to come first, a day of two incompletions or a day of an interception. Crazy. Yeah. All right. Um, a lot we covered there. Uh, we've got oh, we got one question here. Did Vaughn do anything with the crowd today? Um, He did. He did do something with the crowd. A kid in the front row had a sign that said it's my birthday. And so during like a special teams break, Vaughn went over there and had the crowd sing happy birthday to oh him. Oh my God, he's good. <laughs> yes. He's good, man. Yes, he's he good. is. <laughs> All right. Uh, like I said, covered a bunch here. Uh, we still have more to talk about on the final segment of the podcast, which will be in podcast form only. So uh, if you want to hear the rest of the conversation, go download the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search Broncos will be the first one that comes up. DNVR Broncos podcast. Uh, But for now on the live side of things, that is going to wrap it up. We will be back tomorrow with, like you said, six eyes on the field. Uh, We'll talk to you guys then. You know, Zach, one thing I've noticed looking out at those Broncos practice fields is, wow, those lawns are mowed perfectly. (laughs) And if you want your lawn mowed perfectly, you got to get the lawnmower 4.0 from our friends over at Manscaped. But not just that. If you're going out, you're going to sit on the hill, you're going to be sweating. You're going to want all the other Manscaped products with you. You're going to want the Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver, uh, the Crop Mop. That's like a little, you can throw a couple of those in your pocket, take them on the road. Uh, you know, get a refresher whenever you feel like you might need it. Manscaped has all the best tools for the family jewels. So check them out and use the code DNVR at Manscaped to get free shipping plus 20% off. I promise you, you start using this stuff, you're going to be hooked. I started, I like, I only use their body wash now because it's like a three in one, like hair, body, face type of thing. That's great. You're going to want all the good stuff over there at Manscaped. So use that code DNVR and get free shipping plus 20% off. I mean, right. You're, you're talking about sweating. You're talking about Manscaped. And it really makes me think of Ball Arena mm. because there's a lot of sweating that goes on in Ball Arena. And speaking of Ball Arena, Ball, the company that is Ball Arena, is partnering with us. And, I mean, they do it all. They make aluminum cans. They are very efficient. They're leading global sustainability efforts. They're an aerospace technology company. I mean, they do it. They're, they're the name of the stadium now. In 2018 and 2019, Ball Aerospace developed image surveillance systems to observe natural resources from space, methane, ozone, even land and water use. Their aluminum stewardship initiative certificate makes it the leader in the industry of aluminum. See if you can do that one again. Aluminum Stewardship Initiative Certification. That's incredible. What did I say? No, you said it right. I just, that was like four straight words over 10 letters. <laughs> yes, very long. Oh, I see what you're saying. Can you do it 10 right, times Right, like in 10 times fast. Aluminum uh, Stewardship Certification. <laughs> yes, I can't. But maybe if you work there, you nail it. Maybe that's what you do on your first day. You figure out how to say that 10 times fast. Mm. And Ryan, they want to hire you. And yeah, we're not letting you apply because we don't want to lose you, but they want to hire you because they made over 101 billion cans last year, which is just absolutely insane. And here's how you get a job at ball. You can check them out at hashtag work at ball online and you can apply for a position at their aluminum can plant by texting golden. That's G O L D E N to seven, seven, two, two, two. Or go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for golden. Ryan, my aunt just got a job there. She said it is fantastic. So go work for a place that is a fantastic company. They do fantastic things. They make a lot of cans. And you can get a job right now. Text golden to 77222. 
All right. Check them out. Uh, absolutely. Is there anything else we need to tell the people? There about? is. We need to tell the good people about our friends over at Solace Meds, located uh, yes. just a couple blocks away from us, Ryan, on East Colfax. They've also got three other convenient Colorado locations. One from our friends up in Fort Collins. That's Ryan's favorite place. Wheat Ridge and one just off Broadway as well. And they've got some awesome deals to close out this month. So you got to get in there in the next couple of days to get these. They have Wild Night and Day Gummies. Buy one, get one 50% off. Awana is 25% off. They have all green dot concentrates 20% off. So make sure to get in on all of those deals before July is over and use the code DNVR20 when you're there to get 20% off that and a free Solace Bar or King Bar when you're over at the Wheat Ridge location. And of course, if you can't stop by a store, go to solacemeds.com. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. And of course, use that code DNVR20. All right, first one here coming in from the count. He says, what's the deal with those amazing rushing dancer hats the O-line is wearing? <laughs> oh my gosh. Ryan, have you seen these things? Yes, I have. I have to say, I'm anti-helmet um, shaming. Oh yeah, I agree. I, th- I think it, I think it's a great idea. Yep. I mean, might as well add a little more protection. But I want to say, most if not all of the offensive line were wearing it at the beginning of practice yesterday. Then, as Vic Fangio joked uh, yesterday, which was interesting, uh, a lot of them had taken it off during practice. I only saw two guys wearing it today. Yeah, that's why I'm anti-helmet shaming. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> These guys probably logged on, saw everyone dunking on them on Twitter. Yes. It, was like, it was like Wes Welker when he had his thing. <laughs> right. like, I'm pretty sure he only wore that for one game because it looked so silly. Man, that is what Wes Welker looked like, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it looked like, see, now I'm helmet shaming. <laughs> you remember when you were playing NFL Blitz and before you had a chance to enter codes? Yep. And you just mash a bunch of buttons really fast and... I swear the only code you ever got was big heads. <laughs> you just, yeah. Oh, I forgot the mashing of the buttons. <laughs> just, no one actually knows any of the codes. You just no. smash all the buttons as fast as you can. But uh, I don't think, uh, count, well, maybe the count is helmet shaming. I'm not sure. But uh, it's actually just more protection yep. on the outside. And it makes sense because these guys are, you know, just hitting heads every single play. I don't know why they can't make one that's just not quite as big. <laughs> right. Or like maybe you just attach it to the helmet, like the little like foam pads. You just like <sighs> right. attach them directly to the helmet so you don't have to like pull something over it. Yeah, I was going to say make it so guys can't take it off and right. also make the defensive lineman wear them. Right. I don't know why it's just an offensive lineman thing. Uh, truly. It's like, uh, you know, how come only girls take birth control? <laughs> well, do you want to try? <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm open to whatever. <laughs> Next one here is from Sebastian Airbay. Says, my boys, hope you're all doing great. I absolutely love the Broncos QB scoreboard. Super interesting read. And a look at training camp, which I don't get from all the Broncos training camp live show. Thank you, RK, for recommending that to me. Yeah, I can't recommend it enough. It's, it's the best. I would argue it's the best training camp series that exists. The scoreboard? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I love it. I can't wait to, to read Mace's. And, and I was at practice. I wrote down every throw. Exactly. Um, I have two good questions, he says. One about the scoreboard and the other about preseason. How is the score for each quarterback? Is there some type of formula? Um, the formula is there's 10 available points. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like this because it, it just makes it so it's every day is even, right? Every day there's 10 available points to grab. The one thing that is interesting is like if one guy's only a little bit better than the other guy, well, that's why we give out half points like we did yesterday. Um, because like six, four feels like a, a decent win, right? right. Yeah. Two Five and a half separate. to four and a half. It's a yeah. one point win. 
Um, and that kind of evens things out. But yeah, I just like 10 points available each day. Um, it's like tug of war, right? The more rope you pull, the more you, uh, you end up with. And so how we formulate it is whoever's at practice puts their score in and then we average it out. So not to give anything away, but we'll have another half point today. Mm, I kind of figured. I kind of figured. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, he goes, two, is there any subscription service uh, of anything where I can watch all of the Broncos preseason games? Maybe you have to be in Denver or have a local channel that puts it on. Um, I'm in San Diego. I looked at the NFL channel schedule for the preseason games. And I believe there was only one Broncos game being shown there. Anyways, thanks, guys. Have a terrific Tuesday. Yeah. I would assume NFL Sunday ticket has them all. You would think, yeah. Um, for but preseason, you think they'd get that. I also maybe NFL Game Pass. I don't think they would have them live, though. Right, yeah. And I do know that those games are being broadcast locally, but that's it except for that one that you Do we found. know who's on the call this year? No. Hmm. You're going to get oh, – it's not me. <laughs> How – why isn't it me? That's a great question. Um, I remember back in the day it was like Big Al and Ron yes, Cipolo. Yes, <laughs> Um Then we got a couple years of like ESPN – teams that right. like go around i guess they like pick a steve team just levy. to get yeah so steve levy brian greasy now. but they do monday night yeah. football now yeah, right too big so i wonder if it's it'll be like the undercard for that or right. whoever's because they started doing it because they were doing the second monday night game that year right remember yeah so i wonder who it'll be this year i don't know we'll find out I, I have know. not been asked yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's a shame. If, if you need a partner, I can join that you. Would, see, I think we should do it. Uh, Sebastian Airbay, thank you so much for the love on the scoreboard, and I'm glad you liked it. Th- this year, I did a little bit different of just really detailing almost every play, just so that, you know, you understand why I'm making the score I do, and you could make the decision too. Right. Absolutely. You can uh, get your own score Which card. is kind of what Bronco and SF does on this next comment. He said, love the scorecard, Zach. As I was reading, I was surprised with your conclusion, though. Based on your description of the play, I was anticipating the opposite final score. By my count, quarterback A, three sacks taken, one spectacular catch touchdown, one easy wide open touchdown. Quarterback B, zero negative plays, one near spectacular touchdown, near or literally one incompletion. I don't believe quarterback A should get much credit for that throw uh for a throw any quarterback should make the wide open touchdown when measuring quarterbacks i believe in tracking plays where they detract value meet average play and add value in other words hitting a wide open receiver doesn't make you a good quarterback it it makes you not bad this is basically how pff and qbr measure by my understanding can't wait to follow the scoreboard over camp and i totally see where you're coming from bronco and sf but one of the things at training camp that we don't have the advantage of is we can't watch a replay of the the throws those two touchdown throws and say okay teddy's teddy's should have been caught in fact you know tyree should have dove out just like trinity benson did for drew we don't have the advantage of that where you're right pff uh does have the advantage Mm -hmm. of going back and saying that was a good ball so i i don't want to use my own judgment and in my own you know changing what actually happened on the play to say oh well i'm counting this one as a touchdown it wasn't a touchdown. And like like I told you guys yesterday when I was on, it's going to balance themselves out over yes, camp. Yes. If we were doing just one practice, then yeah, I would feel real tough grading that. But it's going to balance itself out. Right. If it was a one, that was the one practice to decide everything. Yeah. Yep. Um, the other thing is, if it doesn't balance itself out, then maybe there's a reason for that. It's not as catchable a ball, et cetera, et cetera. So literally, could it, Drew's ball could have been two inches closer to the receiver than Teddy's, and that two inches makes a touchdown difference. One inch can make the difference. Yeah, exactly. And like I said to Mace yesterday, in a game, 
you you then you punted the ball away the next play. Right. You didn't get you didn't get you know uh, bonus points because you were close to scoring a touchdown. And when I was think because I, I was so torn on what to do with the score yesterday, just because Teddy was so accurate. But I thought, what's more valuable, seven five yard completions or one forty yard touchdown? And because Drew had two touchdowns, Teddy had you know fourteen completions. So that's kind of how I thought of it. And I said the forty yard touchdown because that is points on the board. And like you said earlier, Ryan, Broncos didn't have trouble moving the ball between the twenties at a lot of times last year. It was most about teams don't. Right? No, exactly. Yep. All right. Next one from Melbourne Bronco. Hey guys, loving the camp coverage after day one. Have to agree with Mace though. Fourteen straight completions to Teddy with one sack to make it a push in a game that chews up time and lets the defense rest anyway. That's my uneducated thought. Looking forward to the day two report. Cheers. And that's again why we anyone who's at practice gets to submit their score. It averages out, and I believe that over time we will be able to use the scoreboard to correctly predict the winner of the competition. I think so too. And also I know it's the first day. So everyone overreacts about everything, including our scoreboard, which I appreciate. It means it's kind of a big deal. People are looking at it. Exactly. And drew one by one point yesterday. So it it wasn't like it was a 10 point blowout where it's going to be tough for Teddy to catch up with. Yes, exactly. Next one's from miss Quill. Uh, Mrs. Quill, sorry. Curious to hear your thoughts on what I thought was an explosive press conference from Aaron Rodgers yesterday, but what I really want to know is when do you expect them to name a week one starter? I'm I'm ready to stop talking about Aaron Rodgers, but what I will say is uh, I believe someone tweeted out, like, basically what Aaron Rodgers says is Green Bay is a crappy place to live, and this organization is too dumb to use the only good thing about this place, which is me, to recruit people to get here. And he was absolutely right in every way. Man, yeah. he. I mean, Aaron actually said this is not a vacation destination. It's not. I. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, that's not a bold take or anything. I just, how long was the, was it an hour-long press conference? The number of quotes that came out from that. My entire feed for, like, the entire <laughs> yes. Broncos practice yes. was Broncos live tweets and Aaron Rodgers live tweets. Yes. I am so happy that the Aaron Rodgers saga was behind us before that. I couldn't imagine covering practice and that. Oh, yeah, right. If if he, yeah, that would have been crazy. No, but um, everything he said was right. And they are stupid. And then did you see what... um. Monte Ball tweeted today. Yes. He's like, I can't believe this stuff about Aaron Rodgers. Peyton was doing his own subs. He was telling the offensive coordinator no and calling his own plays. Like That's how it should be when the that's quarterback should be. <laughs> yeah. Next one from WV Broncos fan. Hey, guys, you finally got me. Burr, 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 burr. Got him. Longtime listener. Always thought the show was great and couldn't get any better. Then you added the great and all-knowing Mace. Hope to chat and interact with everyone. I'm in Steelers country here in West Virginia. That being said, Mace, I'm assuming you are making it out to the Broncos-Steelers game in October. My wife is a Steelers fan. So excited to hopefully be at the game this year if COVID allows. Sorry for the first long comment. Oh, you're totally fine. There's no long comment in there. Yeah, that wasn't a long comment at all. And welcome to the family. Uh, We got him. Yes, welcome. All right, next one's from Illinois Bronco. What up, fellas? It's been a while since I commented. I accepted a position as a defensive coordinator for the school that I teach at. That's pretty cool. Wow. So that's been taking up the majority of my time. I teach at a smaller district, so we are eight-man instead of 11-man this year. It's been a challenge, but I'm thankful for the opportunity. Do you guys have any eight-man football teams in Colorado? I think we do. Uh, yeah. Like, So it's 5A, 4A, 3A, 2A. I think anything below 2A yep. is eight-man yep. football. Yep. And, or it might uh, be maybe below 3A. What would we say? Probably two or three hours outside of Denver? 
Um, what what'd you say for like the, those schools? Yeah. Yeah. Like rifle, uh, maybe not even rifle. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to throw anyone's <laughs> team under the bus here. Uh, he says, also, I'm looking forward to hearing about training camp all this week. Super excited that the season is just around the corner. Appreciate you guys. Keep up the great pods. Well, thank you so much, Illinois Bronco. Love having you roll with us. Next one from Whip Your Vic Out says, hey, guys, you got me. Got him. Wow, that's quite a name, man. You got me with that name. You got us. (laughs) Been listening since the old intro from the BSN days. Finally decided to stop being a freeloader and pony up for the annual membership. I'm from Denver, but now live in Tucson, or the Dirty T, as we like to call it. I've bled orange and blue since birth. Love the addition of Mace to the team. Anyway, no question today. Just thank you so much for all the the content. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, and uh, welcome to the family. We appreciate having you. Final one here from Lionel Hutz, attorney at law. <laughs> Is that free advertising? I don't, right there? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think there's a joke in there, but I don't know. Like so many others been commenting today, you got me too. Wow. <laughs> this is awesome. Been around, been around since the BSN days as well. My main question with so many RBs on the team right now, how, how many do we start the team with or the season with and who's getting cut traded? There's only three, isn't there? Well, and Royce. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. <laughs> that answered your question without that, even answering That it. answers it. They also have uh, Adam Prentice, a fullback. Right, from CSU. Yes. Don't think he'll make it. They're only going to carry one fullback. Andrew uh, Beck? Yes. Got to okay. be, right? I... He's, he's not getting paid anything. So. Okay. Uh, maybe Andrew Prentice on the practice squad, though. Okay. That works for me. But potentially. Um, yeah, it's, it's Boone... Uh, Williams and Melvin. And it's easy. It, it's an easy call right there. Mesa was really impressed with Boone yesterday. How about you? Yeah, uh, he he's not getting much, but when he does, he, he he's doing well. And today, again... Story of his career. Yeah, seriously. I mean, 117-yard rushing game in Minnesota. Didn't he also have, like, 150? I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I never understand that. How a guy How does he not start the next week? Like, you know, in baseball, if if you're a sub and you hit a home run or you have a great day, you go three for four, like you're playing the next day. As you should, right? If I'm a coach and a running back goes for 150, he's starting the next week. Like, It's because coaches just overthink everything in the NFL. I know. They don't just play the best player. And Ryan, Lionel Hutt's attorney at law is not free advertising. Can you guess where it's from? Think of the one one member of our show that's not here. Seinfeld? Close. Another S. Simpsons. Yes, exactly. Mm, yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right, there we go. We uh, solved that mystery. And again, we'll solve the mystery of the Broncos quarterback battle Beautiful. throughout the week on this show. And as always on quarterback scoreboard, which I think is why we have so many new subscribers and members of the family. So um, join all of those people that you just heard that have uh, joined the family become a member at dnvr so you can get in and check out quarterback scoreboard which will be up later and and zach you also have a piece coming later today right yes i do letting you know what else you need to know besides everything exactly all right that's what zach will let you know uh and we will catch you guys tomorrow on the dnvr broncos podcast Flying cotton would stick to your lips Now I know those lips ain't mine They haven't been in a long, long time I'd like to patch it up I want to change your mind
Mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.